Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO with you for the next couple of hours. Glad you're with us. If you miss any portion of the program, podcast will be up at uh, some point uh, well very early after the conclusion of the show obviously a, a whole lot on last night's game uh, we're going to deviate a little bit from that as we will talk to Randy Wayhofer from the Iowa Cubs they open tonight in what sounds like a picture perfect chamber of commerce weather night for the I Cubs and as you well know that hasn't always been the case as far as the uh, weather gods cooperating with opening night it looks as though they will today he'll join us about 10:45 Zubin Mahente in the 11 o'clock hour. Trent, I thought you might um, open up the program or your your update with the no update, and I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling it today. It's a little slow going. Eyes a little bleary, but time. What was the drive like, and what time did you, so? What time did you leave U.S. Bank Stadium? As soon as I wanted to be in the building for one shining moment. That was that's always been one of my things, and I know that's I think elevated for a lot of people, mm-hmm. but that I just I've enjoyed it so much. You know mm-hmm. my love of college yeah. basketball, so that was something that was part of the bucket list is to be in the building for one shining moment. Oh, so it wouldn't have been complete if you would have snuck out ahead of time. Yes. yeah. I, you know those things are available online the I next know, day. I know, yeah. And, I, mm-hmm. and I've, in fact, I, I've watched it already a couple of times. That's it, where I saw it for the first time. Cause this morning. As, yes. You didn't stay I up. was done. You, you, <laughs> but as I'm sitting there and they're putting up the platform uh-huh. for the award presentation, they come back and they need the all-tournament team. And finally, I, I texted my buddies and I said, have they played on TV yet? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe they're skipping oh, it this year. I see. It's just taking forever. Let's go. Well, somebody on Twitter, one of the writers that was there said, UCLA's going to have a coach before they finally play this thing. <laughs> That's a good line. That was a good line. That's a very good line. And that, of course, was the buzz with the media yesterday. I talked to Jeff Goodman a little bit, um, just probably for, I don't know, 90 seconds or so. I asked him about Fran in Arkansas and then mm-hmm. the Steve Forbes report that mm-hmm. he had. And he said, yeah, it wasn't Fran. Mm-mm. It was Forbes there, right. as uh, we found out. But... Yeah, that was uh, the big buzz, and, and <laughs> talked to Dennis Dodd from CBS for a little bit on the elevator up uh, before the game. No, he wasn't sitting up with you, was he? Yeah, yeah. You're he... kidding me. Yeah. CBS.com. Couldn't yes. get a guy down on the... Well, they did, but they had Norlander, and they had Parrish, and... Well, Dodd's been with him forever, though. I mean, yeah. this guy's paid his dues. He's, he's... And they give the young bucks the seats at press on courtside, and they guess. shift him up with you? He was hanging with me wow. up top, but he's talked about that job and just... He said, I wonder who's going to uh, use the UCLA job next yeah, to get a raise. That's what's been the case, hasn't it? What a mess that has turned out to be. But, yeah, I mean, a great experience. One shining moment. It was great to, to be in the building. I put the video up at KXNO.com and on the KXNO Twitter feed so you can see what it was like inside the building as Virginia was looking up. And, Ken, we had another great game. We did, Trent. We really did. By the way, the coverage of uh, was brought to us uh, by Mr. Ex- Executive, Mr. Executive.com. Mr. and Mrs. Executive, but Mr. Executive.com on the website. We thank Leon Emmons mm-hmm. uh, for making that possible for you to be down there and all the coverage that you provided. So, all right. So, the one shining moment, the game itself. So, what t- you're putting your key in the ignition at what time? Oh, 11... 11- 40, 11.45. It, it took a while to get over to the Skywalk where my parking was. I did get a parking, too, which was really nice. So I was able to dart right out of the parking ramp, yeah. right into traffic. 
Uh, and Even, you, I mean, this is 40 minutes, 45 minutes, probably mm-hmm. after the final horn mm-hmm. that I, I'm finally wheels rolling. See, when I leave Minneapolis, I'm once I get to Burnsville, all right, Minneapolis is behind me. Yeah, yeah. That, that ski hill. Is that where Lindsey Vaughn, I think, started her career? That sounds right, yeah. I think it was. That ski hill you pass as you're driving in, it's on your left-hand side. Mm-hmm. It's not much of a hill. No. <laughs> it doesn't take long, but no. apparently that's where, I think, if I could be wrong, but I think that's where you start. All right, so you got past that. It'll be what time? 12, 15? Probably something like that. Oh, my God, Trent. I don't know how you did it. Our, our buddies, John Miller and Steve Dace, kept me company for a while with their podcast. Nice. So that was good. Uh, finished Doc, uh, Dr. Men in Morehouse's podcast. That was like two hours and 20 minutes, and I'd only gotten through half of it. So that helped me out listening to a college basketball podcast, and before I knew it, one stop. Didn't even stop for gas. I had gassed up earlier in the day on Monday, uh, so I was full and ready to go. Made a stop in Dow's at that rest stop there. Mm-hmm. Grabbed myself a, a Diet Dewski to get a little caffeine going. I felt good, though. I, I was shocked how good that I felt on the way home. I thought I'd be absolutely exhausted, but it was good. And uh, the one thing, the biggest thing on the drive home is you're just staring out into nothingness right. across southern Minnesota, northern Iowa. Seeing deer on the side of the road that, that aren't, aren't there. there yes. <laughs> Was the number of Texas cars oh, that really? passed me? I counted. I need something to do, right? Right. With right, three right. and a half hour drive, yeah. and uh, I counted twelve, a dozen that passed me. I was seventy seven, seventy eight the whole time. So uh-huh. these people were booking it, and uh, a lot of those cars making their way back. And I, I was That'd be wondering, a long drive going home after the yell. I mean, if you got four people and you just kind of rotate yeah. through, you can do it that way. But for the people. Do you try to get to Des Moines? Do you try to get to well, Kansas City? Yeah, I would certainly try to get a jump if it was me. Right. I think you want to get as far as you can. Yeah. And then pull over, get some rest, and do it again. Well, right. uh, as you said, it was an unbelievable basketball game. Honestly, the the final two weeks of the tournament, the first weekend of the tournament, wasn't. it didn't live up to what normally we see in the first round of the tournament, right? It's not that it was unwatchable by any means. No, we had plenty of blowouts. Yes, yes. Um, uh, But the second two weeks, Trent, it was just unbelievable, including last night. Final four was great. I mean, Virginia, for them to pull it off, the final three, their final three games of the tournament, they are trailing with 15 seconds left in every one of those games. Think about that and what they went to. I mean, just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Not just trailing but the improbable fashion that they win those games mm-hmm. Kyle Guy trying to miss a free throw but then he makes it yeah and the the pass ahead to make that play yeah. just absolutely unthinkable mm-hmm. in that fashion of course what happened in the national semifinal against Auburn and then here against Texas Tech where the one thing you can't do don't give up a three right no and Culver overplayed uh, yes. he, he went away from his guy and there was Hunter in the corner to make the shot and Speaking of that, so we saw two great guys that will go on to the NBA. DeAndre Hunter for Virginia yep. and Jared Culver for Texas. Who says he's, and I, you know, media has to ask the question. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, it's, it's a difficult spot for, for both. The media doesn't want to answer it, ask it rather, but they have to. Mm-hmm. And the guy that's being asked wishes it, uh, the last thing he would have to do is to address his future. Uh, after getting beat, um, and in, in look, at the, the sting hadn't dissipated at all. No. It, in, in, in fact, the swelling was still coming up. Um, he, he says he hasn't made up his mind. I think he's gone. I, I think he has to. Trent, he's a top pick. ten pick. Yeah, your lottery pick, you, you have to you have to go at that point, it, it mm-hmm. feels like. Who do you like more at the next level? 
Hmm. They're Hunter, both Hunter. In, I think they're both incredibly good defensive players. Yeah. Culver Culver didn't have the best week tournament. Training. No, he he struggled down the stretch. Big and, Ten player, Big Ten for Big Ten, Big Twelve player of the year. Even towards the end of the regular season, he was. He played really well against Iowa State in that mm-hmm. final regular season game, but he was showing some wear and tear mm-hmm. at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Both these guys are great and, and going to be fun to watch. I think at the next level. Yeah, you're, they're not your prototypical stars that you're used to, but. The defensive intensity. The two programs built this way. And I posed this question yesterday to Rob Doster, and I want to get your thoughts on it. So now we see Texas Tech on the cusp of it. We see Virginia. that doesn't have sustained history. Ralph Sampson, you know, back in 1984. Mm-hmm. But we're not talking certainly about a blue blood here. But look at that roster coming back. Well, yeah, absolutely. But the way that Tony Bennett built this roster, it's not with McDonald's All-Americans. It's uh-uh. not with a bunch of five stars. Right. Good guys. I mean, a lot of top 75 type talent. Texas Tech with, what, two top 100 players, I think, on that roster. Is this going to lead to programs like Iowa, like Iowa State? Saying, well, if they can do it, why not us? And if the pressure ramps up across college basketball... Well, one and done is going to be a thing of the past, Trent, in a couple of years. I mean, the one and Dunners, they're going right... The NBA is going to remove their age restriction. So is that a good thing or a I bad think so. thing for I, Iowa, Iowa State? I think so. I mean... Taylor Horton Tucker being the exception of names. I mean, he's a, he's a one-and-dunner. You can't find a mock draft he's not in the first round. Yeah, He's in the first round. Uh, whether we think he is or not, I mean, it's not. Uh, there's more people people that do this for a living that believe he is, he's gone. Um, yeah, I think it's a good thing for Iowa and Iowa State. I really do. But now isn't Duke and Carolina and Kentucky getting... Not the one and dunners. They're sure. getting that next tier, and then yeah, everybody bumps down They're getting PJ Washington. They're they're getting guys that probably you know, yeah, had this been five, eight, six years ago, they would have been close to that. They probably would have dipped a toe in the water. But now those guys are sticking around for a couple of years. That's and, true. And those teams are getting yeah, even it's better. A fair, fair point. So why would I, when Iowa State, all of a sudden get better? Because why would Duke, Kentucky, you know, the the, the teams that take advantage of the one and does? Why would they come back? to the pack just because they're going to have guys for two years. Is that a fair question? Yeah, it's it's something that teams like Virginia and Texas Tech that can build and, and put together a roster and have these veterans and Texas Tech with the grad transfers. Well, now with everybody else being involved yeah. and Kentucky being able to have their guys actually play together for a couple of years and learn together, that's going to be I think yeah. maybe more difficult for Iowa and Iowa State to break through. Yeah. But to the original point Duke's of that. Because Duke's still, you're still going to go to Duke. You're yeah. still going to go to Kentucky. Right. If you have to stay two years. Yeah, you're, oh, well, I'm the 33rd best player in the country. Mm-hmm. I'm not a one and done, mm-hmm. but yeah. that kid maybe in the past wouldn't go to Kentucky. Yeah. He's going to Kentucky. He gets that opportunity to play behind that fan base and everything else. So it's going to be interesting in that avenue. I think also just now the pressure increasing where if it can happen at Virginia, if it can happen at Texas Tech, why can't it happen here? Got to build the roster mm. the right way. Got to have those right players. And you have to play defense, too. I mean, well, it, it certainly showed it last night. Because you look at, at least for a while. I mean, they blew by the over the, the yeah, total in that yes. game. With, I think four minutes left of the game, they passed it. The, the surprise teams. Go through the surprise teams here over the last 10, 12, 15 years. VCU, a weird full-court pressure style that mm-hmm. you just didn't see a whole lot. The Butler teams, they are mm-hmm. grinders. That mm-hmm. is how they play. Loyola. Loyola. Absolutely. Defensive-minded team that gets after you there. Texas Tech, Virginia. So are we sensing a theme here, Trent? you got to be not just good. I think you have to be great on the defensive uh-huh. end. That's the path. And it's not a path that I was playing at right now. Mm-hmm. Michigan State, Izzo didn't have his best team by a long shot. Yeah. What, did they, what was their calling card all year? They, are they guarded you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. They guarded you. 
That's interesting. You might be onto something here. That's something um, Bears watching. It's a good talking point. It really yeah. is. Uh, the game itself last night, uh, you know, a couple of officiating gaffes, sadly. Yes. Um, you know what? The, the, the ball went off Moretti. I, I get that, you know, he thought maybe he was. Um, once they went to the replay, it was pretty clear. I mean, Nance saw it first. Nance saw it first. Hill and Raft didn't think it was there. And then all of a sudden they showed one angle where it does hit his pinky finger. But there could have been a foul in advance of that because the guy was clearly on him. But then speaking of guy, uh, he tripped over Diakite's foot. Yes. <laughs> and, and you can see that he knew because he was, as he's falling to the floor, trying to corral the ball and at least swat it or bat it or somehow get it back into the... You know, prevent it from coming out of bounds. So maybe, just maybe, they get a lucky bounce and go to a teammate. Right. He knew he did it himself, and that's a two point game at that point. So instead of Texas Tech inbounding the ball, it's Virginia's ball. It's, it's, that's a huge moment in the game. I don't care. Oh yeah, it, it completely changes just the way everything plays out there. And in a two point game at that time in overtime, absolutely did. And I, when the rule first went into effect in college basketball, and even going back before that, when the NBA first instituted late in the game where they can go back and check who the ball was off of. And it was the law of unintended consequences and reason that I I dislike this rule. You see over the course of a basketball game, two, three, four times where two guys are going up for a rebound. You know it hits off the hand Mm -hmm. of a guy, but the guy fouled him and pushes the ball out of bounds. Well, we see that, but you can't go back and call the foul. Right. And, And these are the same kind of things that happen when you're slowing it down to just this little minutia, you said hitting off the pinky and those things happening, that's what you get into, and that's why I just I don't like the rule. I get it. You want to get it right. And, quote-unquote, getting it right is the last person that touched the ball, mm-hmm. but there's this other layer here. It's something that officials have done seemingly forever. It was actually a foul. We didn't call the foul. Right. We're going to give them the ball. And, and that's Trent, that's what I thought was going to happen. And you know what? Even after they replayed it as many times as they did, and we were able to sit at home and we're watching it, I still wasn't convinced. No. I mean, it's really, really close. If they would have given Texas Tech the ball, I wouldn't have complained. I really wouldn't have. Now, again, the the, the, the play, subsequent play where guys falling over the, as a teammate's foot, mm-hmm. and they call a foul. I mean, come on, man. That was brutal. Oh, yes. That was just brutal. But I'll give Texas Tech all the credit in the world. Twice they came back. Early in the first half, they're down, what, 10? Uh, that uh, that's uh, the first half played out exactly the same way in the second five, 20 minutes because yep. they fell behind early in the second half only to come back and take a lead and Culver's getting going late in the basketball game finally that's getting going been unbelievable oh. unbelievable that was laid it in with his left hand that was lottery like yes there was there was a ooh and ah that I went bet. across the stadium after that yep. that's sick and that's what we talked about at the beginning. I don't know if DeAndre Hunter has that one in him. That one yeah, was good. That, that one was incredibly pretty. But a, a, a Texas Tech, I was listening to the post-game coverage from Westwood One, mm-hmm. uh, driving out of there out on K-Fan, and you could hear Chris Beard. Just one thing that, he, mm-hmm. as he was talking to Jim Gray, he said, I feel confident in myself, but it always lingers in your mind. Is this my one shot? Mm-hmm. Was sure. this my one chance? It's got to. There's there's been plenty of great coaches yep. that have had one opportunity right. and it didn't never get, get back, never get back. Right, and, and that was going through his head. And something that I don't think you hear a lot of coaches bring up or talk about that point right there. They they don't talk about that because well they do have an ego and, and mm-hmm. they do think they're going to get back. And for him, 
in that moment to say that, you know, on a post-game press conference, I, I thought was... Long way from West Texas, Trent, at the championship game. Incredibly revealing yeah. why those kids bought in. And yep. Texas Tech, they're going to be a factor now. They're going to be a big time uh, They are. I don't. Apparently, they got a really good recruiting class. I'm not a big recruiting guy. I'll, I'll take the people that do that for a living's word that this is going to be a terrific class that Beard has assembled. But they're losing a ton of guys, Trent. They're mm-hmm. losing a ton of guys off of that roster. And um, whether they can get back or not, you know, Kansas isn't going away. No, they're you would, not. You would no. think that they're not leaving the conference. They got to replace Tariq Owens, the only one that fouled out yesterday uh, in the basketball game. Um, Francis Francis was just amazing. Yeah, he had a game of all. I mean, he had his best game of the tournament. He's done. Mooney has exhausted his eligibility. So there's three guys that play huge roles on that team. Oriasi, another guy. He's a senior. He's out of eligibility. So. Culver's got a decision as a sophomore. Um, Moretti's got a couple of years left. He's a nice player. Had yep. a nice game yesterday. Um, but man, see, I don't know what they got coming coming in. Yeah. I don't. It's a it's, it's a recruiting class, but it's a it's a senior laden team that it seemingly um, was there for him last night. But they got to replace a ton of guys, Trent. A ton of guys. Conversely, Virginia. You know what their biggest concern is right now? Not concern. That's not the right word. Their biggest question, maybe, when it comes to that roster. And again, I don't know what they having uh, coming in as well. Ty Jerome. He's got another year left. He's a six foot five shooting guard. There's a ton of six foot five shooting guards. He's got one more year left. His team is favored to repeat. The second round's going to be there next year. It will be, <laughs> right? yes. They're not going to one round. The second round, because he's not a first round pick. What do you do if you're him? I mean, do you go out on this note or do you come back and try and repeat what you did, knowing that essentially, because guy's not going anywhere. The reason I enjoyed this Virginia team and this story, and the story that is incredible and unthinkable, and the way we'll that never see it again games. in our lifetime. No, no, we won't. I mean, it's how many t- more times are we going to see a sixteen beat a one? That's right, incredibly rare. Right, and then to that. yeah, compound that with coming back the next year and cutting down the nets, never going to happen. But the way that they wore this, yeah, Kyle Guy, you look at his Twitter feed, mm-hmm. and there's a picture of him walking off the floor after that loss. Mm. I mean, he. That's his Twitter profile picture. Really? This is how I they hope were he built. changes that. <laughs> I'm sure he did. He probably did last night after the game. Yeah. Uh, after the semifinal win, I was there for the press conference for Virginia, and somebody asked the question where you were from, and it was Kyle Guy said, "It's funny. We get asked this every time, every mm-hmm. game that we play this year, not just the NCAA tournament, but across the season, we're asked about UMBC." And we just keep saying, "There's another step," mm-hmm. and and this was the step. And to get there, no hard to win to this take game. that step. So improbable that they took that step. Tony Bennett talked about that even before the season. And this would have been a very easy year for them to have that that lingering doubt mm-hmm. there. Go back to the game, first game of the tournament. They yeah, were down they were digits. down, Trent. Yes, and Gardner Webb's hitting threes all right. over the place, and what we're is... seeing history repeat itself. Yes, you and I were doing the we were we, we were downtown Des Moines to Buzzard Billy's when it was going on. Just hitting shots, uh-huh. doing their thing, and uh-huh. oh boy, here we go again. Yeah, but they wore it. Mm-hmm. And a year ago, in that spot when they found themselves struggling, they panicked. This team didn't panic at all this year. They didn't panic when they were down three straight games well, to finish the, the tournament. Trent, that's you just made the the the, the point of all points. They're down fifty. They're down in the final fifteen seconds of the last three games and won. Found a way. They didn't panic. No, they were. 
because, and I yes. think the way that it happened, I think that loss, if they didn't lose that game a year ago, I don't think they win the national championship. I, we'll never know, but I get where you're coming from, and I completely see it. I really do. I think that's a valid point. It pushed them throughout the offseason. Mm-hmm. They used it. They used it as motivation, pushed all the right buttons, and that light at the end of the tunnel that they could see. And, mm-hmm. and they obviously got there. And the fashion. I don't think this team gets to the Final Four. I, I really don't. But I Purdue think that, beats them probably. Yeah, I, I think that motivation alone is what propelled them to mm-hmm. a national championship. Unreal. UVA. Unreal. Great moment in the game. Ralph Sampson. So they're cutting away. They showed Heath Miller for a while. They showed yeah, some of the football yeah. guys. You're the old basketball guy, Justin Anderson. You know, kind of Travis beginning Kelsey part. drinking a Coors Light. Did you see <laughs> Again, that? Again, yes. <laughs> he did the same thing in the semifinal. And they, they cut and he slugs down his beer. <laughs> but uh, so they show Ralph Sampson. There's a guy in front of him, a Virginia fan. It's like flexing at the Campbell and being a dork. And and, <laughs> and all of a sudden, he, oh, oh, they're not they're not actually panning on me. <laughs> it's the guy they're behind trying, me. Because <laughs> Ralph Sampson's sitting. And so. What what his tie to the school <laughs> is. <laughs> so he, uh, first he was, you know, bashful, a little shy, kind of smiles. And then it was like almost this light bulb moment where you could see Ralph Sanson. He stands up and he starts waving to the crowd. Then he starts jacking them up and throwing both hands in the air. I I think he just thought, this is my alma mater. They're playing for a national champion. We couldn't get to this point. We got to the Final Four. Mm -hmm. We couldn't get there. And the crowd went crazy. And Virginia fans, you know how far it is from Charlottesville to Minneapolis? No, how far? Almost 17-hour drive. Uh I, I didn't realize that. I did because I Texas Tech was about the same. I think it was 16 yeah. from Lubbock to get there. But that was one thing that I was just shocked by. A, how far? I guess I never realized that Charlottesville was that far from Minneapolis. But the way that both these teams showed up. Fan bases, yeah. And, and, so Texas Tech, there were more people there last night than there were yes, on Saturday. Yep. So same for Virginia? Yes. Yep. A uh-huh. lot more people that, that made their way in for that one. And then the conversation and started with some Hawkeye friends of mine and some Cyclone people that I saw that I talked to uh, at the game last night. Oh, you saw some you saw oh, some yeah. locals. Oh, good. I saw tons of Iowa State people. Did you? Uh, when I went over, I had to meet a, a, one of my friends that I stayed with and had to get you're, a meet. You're not doing the ticket thing, are you? No. no <laughs> good. Key fob for his apartment. Okay. That, that's what I was getting right, back good. to. No, uh, so I went over there, and there were, I, I probably saw 12 Iowa State fans up there. <laughs> that's great. During that time, just walking around right, right before halftime is when I went over to meet him. And uh, that was the conversation, though, that we had. Just imagine. If I were Iowa State, and not being a Minneapolis, if it was in Minneapolis. No, that makes it even better. Right? It would be unthinkable. I mean, yeah. 50,000? Is that a fair estimate? Oh, well, it's I would a took once four, in life. Yeah. I would took 48,000 to the first Orange Bowl of 2 uh, 48,000. Including you. Oh, I was there. I was there. A lot of tall boys that day. Started but, off well. Now, even if it's in Atlanta or wherever, mm-hmm. these were huge crowds, 25, maybe Thousand for each. Chance of once in a lifetime. They're, they're, you're gonna, you're gonna get there. You're gonna you're find going to get a there. way. Yes. And the way that I, when Iowa State fans travel, Texas Tech has never had the travel notoriety that I, Iowa State does. Virginia certainly has never had that kind of notoriety, mm-hmm. and they showed up. Now you couple that with the Cyclones and Hawkeyes, mm. it would be next level. Let, let's let's have that happen. What do you say? I'm all for it, Trent Connor. <laughs> we'll take a timeout. We'll continue to opine on this game when we come back. We have uh, Randy Wayho for opening night, downtown Des Moines, Iowa Cubs. Boy, the big Cubs. Did you see any of that game yesterday afternoon? Uh, no, no, it didn't. Um, Lester got hurt. 
Yeah, what was that? Well, I he saw, doubled. I saw that in the highlights, yeah. Right, he doubled, and he probably should have stayed on first base. And then he scored from second base, and he probably should have stayed on third base because he slid both times. And then he went back to the bump to pitch the third inning, promptly put a couple of guys on. And um, there was Deshays, actually, before Madden even left the dugout. It was Deshays that said, something doesn't look right. And then I think they threw one more pitch, and out comes Madden, and they went back, and then they came out again, and they got him. But it's a hamstring, and don't think it's serious. We'll have Cappy tomorrow. We will get the uh, latest from the cap man uh, as the Cubs are off today. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Miller and Condon here until noon. Let's do that. Trying to go for the green with KXNO and EKG Golf. Text the keyword SUPER. To 200, 200 right now for your chance to win $1,000 cash. That's super to 200, 200 standard message and data rate supply. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio, this is 1460 KXNO. I see what you're doing here, yeah, Trent yeah, Condon. Yeah. This um, welcome back, 1460 Cakes and O'Miller and Condon. Wild Rose Casino Jefferson's hosting a concert, right? They are. Scott uh, Stapp will be there. He's the lead singer of Creed. Yep. Right. So he is going to be there. You can find your tickets Wild Rose Wild Rose Resorts ticks. Dot com is so he's, is he going to bring a band or is it just him? I think it's just him. I think so. I, him on stage by himself. I don't believe that he Creed is still together. Now, don't quote me on that. Well, think, and don't ask me on that. Yeah, it, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think they're separated. No, I'm sure he'll have probably other members of a so. band, but he's good. I like his voice. Yes. I knew exactly who that was when you played it. That first uh, first album that came out, there were seven eight hits on that thing. Now they got a bad rap. I, I don't really know why. For whatever reason, look at you flaunting your music. Well, you know, I don't know. Maybe they were. I think they were a part of the change from the grunge age back to more of a rock style. I don't know if that what it was. I don't know. Catchy tunes. No, know a lot of their tunes. We're not exactly music. Uh, <laughs> no, no. People aren't tuning in here to uh, to get to no. hear our takes on music. Right? Not at all. You seventies Stones. Yes, Eagles. Stones. Eagles. Stones. Yeah. Me. ELO. I like the ELO. Grunge, little rap, mm-hmm. but my musical base is basically eighty-eight to ninety-three. Mm-hmm. It's kind of my that's my hot spot. You what seventy-two to seventy-eight? Yeah, probably somewhere <laughs> right that range. But uh, is it? Isn't it? I mean, it's when you're growing up for right, the most part. That's yeah, exactly. There's people that expand and grow and things like that. But it's when you hit that form of age, that's what you like. Mm-hmm. And we had two different formative ages. We did, although I think my decade was better. But that'll just whoa, be... Whoa, whoa. I'll, we'll, we'll save that for another day. Yeah, that's uh, a rate, summer topic. Yeah, the, the ratings are out in last night's game, and it was not um, it was not uh, a game that did well uh, ratings-wise. Well, I don't okay. get it. Um, now, there's, this is the, the last four years, two of which were on CBS, two of which were on Turner, right? Last night's game did a 12.4. Last year's game, Villanova, Michigan, was the lowest ever. It did a 10.3, but... It was on Turner. The last time CBS had the event was 2017, North Carolina Gonzaga, 14.5. So a significant uptick from what we saw last night. And then 2016 was Villanova and uh, North Carolina. And that uh, was also on Turner Sports, and it did a 12. So uh, the country didn't turn in, tune in to see the game. I wonder why not. It's, I mean, what else did they have Virginia to do? It's Virginia and Texas Tech. 
It is. It was a 920 East Coast time start, which is ridiculous. But it's been that way. I know, but it's still ridiculous. It's the latest starting championship game in any sport. I saw a piece at USA Today over the weekend that argued they should move this up and it should be a Thursday-Saturday event. Yes. You like that? I do. Championship on? I do. Kind of kick off the weekend. Mm -hmm. Now, it's a quick turnaround to get there for fans by Thursday. Yeah, I mean, I don't but know how pay, they would... you're paying through the nose anyway for a Right, flight. right, right, right. You got a week, uh-huh. so now you have three days. I mean, yep. Regardless, mm-hmm. it's going to be a... And you've done that the last two weeks to get to yeah. this point. You might have played Thursday at the very... At least you played Friday. Uh, Thursday, Saturday makes sense, Trent. It does. It's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. No. I, I'm with you. I mean, look, it, it doesn't affect me at 820 right. but it does for a lot of people and it certainly does for a lot of people in the eastern time zone you know 920 that's a late tip now the game yes. flew i mean these two teams they didn't foul a lot mm-hmm. uh there was what one extended replay couple but one yeah. with the uh, moretti finger uh was the long one um so as championship games go i would have to think that actual time wise it was one of the quickest but still i mean the game went to overtime and if it hadn't gone to overtime it would have been done about what 1025 Five-ish, I yep. think. Yep, that's about what it was. That's not bad. That's two hours. With a minute left, I, I looked down and wondered what time it was. It was a 8.20 start, mm-hmm. and it was two minutes after. It was like 10.22 when uh, when I looked at my watch in the final minute of the game. So, yeah, we, I mean, it was right at, and with the extended halftime, mm-hmm. that is 20 minutes. Yep. With all the pomp and circumstance, I'm sure they those commercial breaks, those TV breaks, or maybe an extra 15 seconds they or 30 seconds. It to take forever, yeah. There are a couple there. I thought, uh-huh. Are they ever coming back right. from break? What is going on here? It's So, yeah, you have all of that well-played game. TV. What did you say the official number was? 12-4. 12-4. Mm-hmm. Last time on CBS, 14-5. And that was Villanova, Carolina? Uh, yes. No, Gonzaga, Carolina. Oh, Gonzaga, Carolina. Yeah. yeah. Um, Villanova, Carolina was 2016. More well-known programs there. Yeah, I mean, Texas Tech probably didn't do anybody any favors ratings-wise. But, yeah. look, it, it, it was a hell of a story to sell. Um, it was a great – it was a wonderful – the last two weekends of the tournament, as good as I get the latest, is always the greatest. Right. But this past weekend was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Look, I mean, look, Virginia's last three games were amazing to get to this point. Mm-hmm. What they had to – they were beaten. Purdue had them beat. Purdue had them beat. 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 Texas look, Tech had them beat. Texas Tech had them beat. Uh, and yet there they are. Look at at the end of the day. I when I when I left here yesterday, and even when I, I, you know, balls going in the air, I didn't care. No, you know, I great we're Virginia different. ones, wonderful story. Texas Tech wins Big Twelve, never probably going to get back. Wonderful story. The people you and me were watching. Yes, the, the people that are listening to us, probably so. Ninety five percent are watching, yeah. regardless, because they're sports fans. They're mm-hmm. sports fans enough to listen to sports radio. They're watching all the big events. But that casual fan that doesn't have a rooting interest, that right. doesn't know these programs. Or, or, that, or not even a rooting interest or, or a hatred, somebody yes. to root against. That is how a big he, element. It is. It's a huge element. But how can you how can you root against Chris Beard or Tony Bennett? You can't. You can't, right? And, and isn't that, with everything happening with the FBI cases and the shoe companies mm-hmm. and everything else, just a perfect way to cap the season with it, Tony Bennett? So far, so good. We we talk about doing it the right yeah. way, and and do we really know? Boy, it feels like we know with him, don't we? I want to say yes, Trent. I really do. <laughs> I, know. I really, but I've been fooled before. We have. I've been fooled before. I, I yeah. want to say yes. I want to say yes. Boy, they showed his dad, Dick, in the stands, and mm-hmm. he didn't want to be there. No, I mean it. Just I guess it just he's he just can't handle it, right? The, but that the uh, late in the game they showed him 
and he didn't know the camera was on him, obviously. Mm-hmm. And the ball, Texas Tech was inbound of the ball, and Virginia might have been going back a little farther. You know, when they inbound the ball, and I hate this. You know, when the ball rolls and the clock doesn't start, it's like, Jesus, put somebody on him. Get the clock running, right? You see that in basketball games all the time. And you can see Dick Bennett, you know, extolling his, move up, you know, go get on him, get on him. Oh, it was outstanding. Really good theater. TV was great. I'm a Barkley fan. Mm-hmm. I love the CBS crew. I'm not a Clark Kellogg fan, but he's in the right place, and he brings something to the table where he is. I don't like him as an analyst. I think he's great on the set. Mm-hmm. The Jets, great. I mean, that's a good... I know that college basketball, air quote, college basketball, and the fan base, when it first started, how many years did was seemingly they shoehorn that crew in there? Four? Yeah. Five? They're good, Trent. I know they're NBA guys, but they're good. The Auburn storyline, I think, really helped with Barkley yeah. this year, too. And you know what? It's a, here's what didn't. I'm going to finish up on this, because then I want to get to the one thing that I didn't like, but nobody's talking about Phil. Um, do you even know who Phil is? Phil. Phil. Phil Mickelson? No, 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 It no. is Masters Week. It is Masters Week. But Phil was a huge story in this tournament, and nobody Phil. talked about We never talked about him once, and he drove me nuts. Phil Booth? I don't know who Phil is. The guy that, you know, they do the analysis, they get through everything, they break everything down. But before we go to break, here's Phil with more. You don't remember that? No. The actor that presented he was an analyst? And it was, it was, it was awful? I must have flipped away before they even got to that point. I don't, you know, I have no idea who sponsored Phil. Phil? <laughs> you don't remember Phil? No, I... See, you you watch that stuff closer than I do, I think. Phil drove me nuts. And nobody talked about it. I'm glad. Maybe I shouldn't have brought him up. I told you, this phone, Yeah. as it pertains to things like that and what you say about like commercials, and I'm like, I, I don't know what you're talking right, about. Right, 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 right. Because game's on, I put it down. I'm very judicious about watching the game. But then in those moments, in those breaks, those pauses, whatever mm-hmm. it may be, I'm right to the phone. I'm right to Twitter. I'm right to wherever it may be. I'm, I'm texting my, my group of friends. Whatever. That's what that's what's happening in between. And, and I miss a lot of that. You missed I, Phil. I miss Phil, but apparently didn't miss too much. No, I, it was forced. It was bad. I did. Uh, I, I should have taken a picture with the vanilla orange Coke dudes. The twins? That they kept showing yes. all throughout the tournament. Yes. Now, that's the first use of twins since, what, the Geico Cavemen <laughs> the campaign, right? I was thinking of the Coors Light commercial. Coors Light commercial. And twins. Remember that? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I think it was Coors Light. I could I'm be not off sure. on that. I don't know who Phil works for or who sponsored or who uh, So made it didn't land with you. No, it was awful. And it didn't land with anybody, I don't think. It was got awful. We'll take a time out. Randy Wayho for Iowa Cubs. Yes, it's baseball season. Downtown Des Moines. Uh, the I-Cubs open up the home portion of their schedule and they come back home in first place. We'll talk to Randy Wayho for next. Zubin Mahente in the 11 o'clock hour. I want to do something different at 11. Okay. Everybody's putting out their way too early top 25s. Mm-hmm. Let's, I'm going to give you the homework assignment now. Let's do way too early starting line, starting lineup, Cyhawk, December, the second Thursday in December. Oh. Cause that's when it'll probably be played, yep. right? Yep. Thursday. Um, starting lineup. Iowa, Iowa State, Cyhawk night. Let's see how close we get. That's pretty good. All right. We'll do that to start off the 11 o'clock hour. But Randy Wayhover's next. It's Miller Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. On iHeartRadio. Hey, guys. Trent Condon back once again for New Leaf Wellness. If you're tired of being on the sidelines of your life, it's heating up out there. 
we got warm weather. You want to get in better shape. You want to feel better about yourself. Well, spring has sprung. Let's get back together feeling great with New Leaf Wellness. During April, New Leaf Wellness for Men offering their new patients getting the natural hormone evaluation, a free food sensitivity test. That testing helps optimize your hormone therapy. If your weight's an issue, this is what you're wanting to do. There's no appointment needed at New Leaf Wellness. Just stop by 3930 West Town Parkway in West Des Moines. Again, over by Valley West Mall, just off of 235, 3930 West Town Parkway. Stop in, get the hormone evaluation, and get a free B12 injection. You can find out everything they can do for you at newleafcenters.com with all the links to the different therapies and services that they have for you. Again, 3930 West Town Parkway in West Des Moines for New Leaf Wellness. And don't forget to tell them. All right. 24-hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. It's opening night. Downtown Des Moines, Principal Park. The I-Cubs are in town. They'll host uh, New Orleans tonight. They've been on the road the first five games of the year. Five games set in Nashville, which they won four of those five, and they are back as we uh, cut the ribbon on another season. Randy, good to talk to you. Randy Wayhofer, Trenton, Ken, how are you? Great, guys. How are you? Doing uh, doing real well. Well, um, let's get right into uh, what fans are going to notice. What's different at the ballpark this year, Randy? Some promotions? Anything you want to... Uh, put the spotlight on. What's going to be different? What will fans notice when they get there for the first time this year? Um, you know, physically around the ballpark, the, the new thing is the deck in uh, right field. Uh, the city replaced the old deck with the new composite wood deck, so that's going to be a great area for the families that wander down and uh, visit the fountain in the summertime and mm-hmm. the parties and people that like to sit in the bleachers and watch the game. Uh, that's brand new. Uh, I kind of feel like the bike gate that was new last year it's going to be really new this year because the weather stunk so bad a year <laughs> yeah. ago, and the, and the trails were flooded, and, and uh, really put a, a damper in, in that whole active lifestyle that uh, downtown Des Moines is, has come to be known for. So, uh, those are the two things I think people will will see that are different when when they come to the game. And then uh, promotionally, we had the, the announcement a couple of weeks ago when we unveiled the Demonios de Des Moines logo as part of uh, minor league baseball's Copa de la Diversión program to engage and celebrate our local Latino and Hispanic communities. So we'll play three games, first one coming up in June, so uh, in, a, in a couple of months as we get into summer. Uh, but we've got new uniforms and a new logo to uh, tie together the uh, old name of the team from the 20s and the 50s uh, to a new updated logo to the new community uh, and celebrate and provide some engagement to uh uh, a part of our community that has always loved baseball and look to uh, bring more than the principal park to enjoy what we have to offer here. Randy, my ears perked up uh, when you mentioned the new deck out there, out in right field. Would, would this be considered a party deck? I like to have a couple of cold ones when I go out to the game. Considered more family-style party deck? What are you guys shooting for out there with the new right field? Well, it's a, a little bit of a combination of the two. Um, the, the deck is one of the areas where you can do our pregame picnic package. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's an exclusive area where we can set up food for the 90 minutes from the gates open until the time the game starts. Uh, but then once the game starts, it's all general admission. Uh, so the picnic tables under the tents, 
Uh, we run drink specials out there from time to time. Mm. Uh, and then the bleacher seats, uh, you know, so there's, uh, uh, I try to go out to the deck at least once a game, check in on the manual scoreboard, see how things are going. And it's really such a great view when you're looking into downtown from the right field corner, you're watching the baseball game on a beautiful day like today. It's really a cool vantage point. Mm. Randy, uh, the roster itself, um, right now you're fortunate. You've got some uh, Chicago Cubs, some big league talent, some guys that had success at the big league level. Of course, Carl Edwards has a championship ring. Ian Happ is down here. Um, you know, those guys won't be here. Obviously, the game plan is to, to try and turn them around. Schwarber spent some time down here doing exactly that. But what kind of start has Hap had? And uh, what can we expect from Carl Edwards, at least, you know, for this opening homestand? Uh, Hap's off to a, a decent start. I think he's uh, he had a, the big hit, a bases loaded double on opening night uh, that delivered the, the runs that gave us the win. Um, uh, you know, he was off to a slow start in spring training. Uh, so his numbers aren't tremendous right now, but he's certainly been a, a difference maker uh, for the team, even in the early going. Uh, so I think it's a matter of time for him to, uh, they tinkered with his um, stance a little bit in spring training. And as a switch hitter, it's hard when you get into a platoon role, like he found himself with Albert Almora Jr. last year, because you're trying to work on uh, both sides of the plate, you know, but he really kind of lost a little bit of the right side because he wasn't playing against many lefties so it's just a, a little bit of a reset for him and uh who knows how long it may or may not be uh but sometimes you just got to get out of the fishbowl that is chicago from time to time as a young player and and uh you know have a place to work on some things where the weight of the world isn't isn't on your shoulders and, and the same for for edwards uh he actually got the win for us uh last night in nashville he pitched a, came in with runners on base stranded them pitched an inning and a third didn't walk anybody uh, he's in his own head, and he just needs a breather. Uh, you know, tinkering with your mechanics. Uh, he was obviously bothered by the weather conditions in Atlanta a couple of nights ago, and he just didn't look comfortable out on the mound. He also just needs a place to go, uh, get his confidence back, get back to what got him there in the first place. Uh, and I would expect that he'll probably not be here very long if uh, he, he comes here with the right mindset. And both of those guys are, are pros, and I, I've, I have no worries about either of them. Randy, when, when guys are sent down, you, you've gone through this for a number of years, and we see a couple of a pretty pronounced ones here with the two guys that we just mentioned with Happ and, and Carl Edwards Jr. But when that happens, what is it for you guys as an organization? Is it something that you leave strictly up to the manager of the I-Cubs? Is it something that happens all the way through, starting with Theo and Jed and moving its way down? When a guy is sent down to work on some things, take us through that process, not individually with the guys that are down here, but in general, kind of how that works for you guys at the AAA level? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're just uh, the support system to uh, help make those things happen. You know, the front office will uh, send a plan with the player to our coaching staff. Uh, that includes Marty Peavy, our manager, for, you know, uh, sometimes it's about a position change. Sometimes uh, um, it's about something mechanical. You know, so they're going to say, I want this guy to bat first or second to get them the most at-bats that we can, uh, you know, no matter what kind of results you're getting. That's the plan with that guy. Uh, you know, sometimes it's about uh, defense, uh, and we may see Hat play a little bit of second base. That was something that he talked about in spring training, that he wanted to do more to find more ways into the lineup. So maybe that will be part of the plan as well. Uh, you know, and then the coaches, the hitting coaches or the pitching coaches, whoever's involved, even the the training staff, they have a very specific plan that they're here to, 
to work on him. And, and especially for these kinds of guys, or Schwarber a couple of years ago, it almost is like a rehab assignment, even though they're not injured, uh, that they're they're here, uh, you know, competing, but but doing it in kind of a, a controlled in, environment. And it's our job as the Iowa Cubs staff to just um, provide the right atmosphere and the right support to allow them allow them to to focus on those things. So uh, you know, it's not a, a free for all with everything, but these guys get signing autographs before and after the games, and and understand what it's. Uh, what it means to have worn the Chicago Cub uniform and and come down, you know, but also our place to make sure that they get the time and the space that they need to get their work done and, and provide that balance. And uh, really for us, every time that we get the chance to host one of these guys, it's reinforcing the trust factor that Chicago has in us for these 30-plus uh, years as their affiliate to uh, provide them a, the right kind of structure and, and right kind of atmosphere to uh, be part of the Cubs family, but also get what they need done in order to get back to Chicago as quickly as they can. Uh, speaking of getting to Chicago as quickly as he can, last year's first overall pick, and I believe his last, did you pronounce it Horner, Nico Horner? Yes, Nico um, Horner. He's at Double A Tennessee right now. He had a really good spring, apparently, when he had his opportunities. You you don't know the answer to this, but I'll ask you like a percentage. Is there a chance he makes it to? I get it. It's all based on what he does at the you know double A level as he progresses. Is there a chance that progression gets him to Des Moines this year, Randy? Uh, yeah, I think there's a, a chance. Probably not till after the All Star break. Um, you know, if all's going well, uh, I think you let a guy like that because it's been college season into 14 games last year into the fall league into spring training. You know, part of being a great baseball player is how do you adjust when people figure out who you are a little bit? Some of these guys shine bright and move around so much because they never face the same pitcher twice, uh, and there's no book on them to adjust back to. That's one of the big adjustments to going to the big leagues is uh, I'm good, and then uh, they say, well, maybe you don't handle this pitch very well, and that's the only pitch that you're going to get until you figure out how to hit it. And that's why some guys struggle uh, and, and, and have a hard time bouncing back. So uh, I think they want to leave him in one spot for a good couple of months, let him learn to make those adjustments and deal with those ebbs and flows. And if all's going well come July, uh, I, I would see a reason, you know, depending on everyone's health and all those things, to uh, test him at the next level again. So uh, I, I think if all goes well at double A, there's a pretty good chance that we might see him before the end of the year, but probably not till after the All-Star break. Randy Wayhofer with the Iowa Cubs. Randy, uh, first 500 fans tonight get a 2019 bottle opener and earlier start than maybe people are accustomed to, 7 o'clock during the summertime, 6.30, 8 first pitch. And what, do you guys do that, what, up until about school's out? Is that right? Yes. Yeah, that's exactly the, the strategy is wanting to uh, provide as much opportunity as we can for – uh, getting home at a decent hour while school is still in and before people settle into their summertime schedule to try to take advantage of as much of the sunlight hours as we can. You know, today looks like we're going to have a great day. Mm-hmm. Later in the week, uh, we may want to get done before it gets too dark, uh, the way the, the forecast is is going. So uh, all of those factors play into those 638 uh, midweek starts on the non-noon games uh, that we'll have a couple of those on the homestand also. 
uh, before we get into that summertime mode. Randy Wayhofer of the Iowa Cubs, opening night, ballpark tonight, 638 first pitch. Randy, I uh, look forward to doing this a whole bunch of times throughout the summer months. Best of luck on the season. Tell Sam Hine we'll, uh, we'll see you at the ballpark. We'll talk to you on the radio, okay? Thanks. Likewise. Good to talk to you. Randy Wayhofer from the Iowa Cubs opening night uh, here tonight. We'll come back 11 o'clock hours next. Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.